You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. In faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, I love verse 5. It's so simple. If you lack wisdom, if you need to know what to do, if you need to know God's will, just ask him. He wants to give to all men liberally, freely. He wants to give us wisdom. But then there's kind of that caveat. There's the catch in verses 6, 7, and 8. You have to ask in faith, nothing wavering. You can't be a double-minded man. And for years I thought, man, this is such a great passage, but what does that look like practically to to waver or be double-minded? And then uh, the Lord brought me to Proverbs chapter 2, and I think that sheds a lot of light on um, how we can get wisdom, how we can not be a double-minded man, how we can not waver as we ask the Lord for guidance. So Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Okay, so far, pretty simple. Just receive God's words, hide his commandments with you. Maybe memorize scripture, um, receiving God's words could be listening to teaching or preaching. It could just be being in church. Um, Verse 2, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. So not just um, being in church or listening to preaching, but inclining your ear unto wisdom, applying your heart to understanding. There's more of a focus. There's more of an effort here. So it's kind of building up on how you can ask for wisdom. Verse 3, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding. So here there's, there's not just um, an intention or being in church or memorizing scripture. There's not just really leaning in to the word of God and paying attention. There's kind of an emotion behind this. When you want something so bad, you're willing to raise your voice. When's the last time you cried out and pleaded for something? That's what verse 3 is saying. When you lift up your voice for understanding. Verse 4. If thou seekest her, her being wisdom, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. I think it's so interesting that we kind of have this escalation of, you know, giving your attention to God's word, going to church, and then really leaning in and giving emotion to it. And then it keeps going, and then God talks about money. That's interesting. Um, If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. You know, it reminds me of when Jesus said in the New Testament, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God knows that we have a natural inclination to to want things, want money, and that's a powerful thing in our lives. Jesus talked about money a lot. I've heard it said, I didn't check this, but I've heard it said that he talked about money more than heaven or even hell. Um, There's a lot of practical wisdom in that. So, verse 4, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Okay, so we've got this list, verses 1 through 4, then what? Well, verse 5, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Let's keep going. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. I love that verse, verse 7. It says he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. God doesn't just want to give us wisdom. He's, he's storing it up. He's got a stockpile of wisdom ready to give to us. We just have to ask and follow his word. 
He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. We'll know what the right thing to do is, and that's hard sometimes. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, when you love having the knowledge of God, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Keep has the idea of guard. You'll be, you'll be safe when you have the knowledge and the wisdom of God, when you have God's word in your heart, when you yearn for it, and you seek it out like you're seeking out a hidden treasure. And God's word is a treasure. So, of the kind of four steps in the first four, four verses, I've been asking myself this week, well, which one am I on? And, and that's tough. Um, uh, it's really easy to share this message, but it's for me. So I've been very encouraged by Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Um, it's where a man brought his son to Jesus that needed healing. His son had an evil spirit that needed to cast it out. Um, and here's what Jesus said to him, Mark 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That's some real honesty with Jesus. Sometimes it's just where we're at. We believe God. We, we, we like going to church. We like hearing preaching. But it's hard to go to that next step of really being emotionally invested, being devoted to seeking out and searching the Lord and his wisdom. So sometimes just where we're at. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. I'm happy to memorize scripture, go to church. Sometimes I even cry out to you. But I'm not always there. Help my unbelief. So, verse 5 of uh, James chapter 1, going back there. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God wants to give us wisdom. He has it laid up, stockpiled for us. We just need to ask for it as we come to him with a sincere heart. And that's how we avoid being double-minded, and that's how we avoid wavering. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for your uh, devotion. Sometimes it's hard for me to give uh, devotions like that when I'm like, Lord, I'm not the one who has wisdom, so I really shouldn't be the one talking about it. And so the Lord has to use other people like yourself because I'm like, Lord, uh, I don't think you should ask me. I'm not really the pro in this, uh, in this arena. When... Uh, it's been told to me, you know, if, if you think that you're the best, uh, you need to bring yourself lower. That if you think you're the wisest, uh, probably not. If you think uh, you're the most humble, probably not. <laughs> Psalm 23, please. I want to take your Bible to Psalm 23, a, a familiar place, a place where <clears throat> I love, a place that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, this is our Sunday school hour and we can be a little bit more active in Sunday school. Uh, so anybody else that this psalm 
is special to you, you can raise your hand, you can say amen, you can something. Yeah, uh, to many of us, this is just, uh, it means more to us than uh, your um, other, I guess, I need to be careful, other, other places. This just has an extra, extra meaning to us. So uh, I want to read this with you, and let's read it uh, together. Let's read it together out loud. I think we all know Psalm uh, 23, or, or a lot of us know Psalm 23, so let's read that now. Uh, ready? Begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me besides the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Didn't have to read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That Psalm, Psalm 23 is a, a, a close, to, <clears throat> close to a lot of people's hearts. And, and we sang that song this morning. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. That is Psalm 23. That's talking about Psalm 23. Uh, I want to give a, a couple uh, stories of, of why this is special. And then we'll get to uh, I just want to say in Psalm 23 this morning, I was thinking, uh, you might, you know, you might think I'm a weirdo, and that's okay, but God really covered Psalm 23 in my heart, like a, like a blanket. God really just was like, hey, I got you, you know, Psalm 23, and I just felt comforted and, and loved uh, this week, and obviously it was on my mind yesterday. Uh, at work, uh, constantly, whenever I, whenever I preach, that's, you know, it's running through my mind. What am I going to say? When am I going to say it? How am I going to say it? And uh, I should say this, now I'll cut this out, and so on. Uh, going through my mind at work, kind of on a, on a reel, I'm like, man, I love Psalm 23. That's, that's just near and dear to my heart. Uh, so here's, here's one of them. Uh, and, you know, you can laugh. I give you my permission. Uh, I have a great grandma. <laughs> her last name is Grandma Butts, B-U-T-T-S. Yep, that was her last name. And <clears throat> and uh, uh, there was a time when I would choose my great grandma. So when I knew her, she was very, very, very old, uh, and we would visit her in the nursing home. And uh, she was not uh, she was not well. And there was times when oh, uh, I have a quick. Funny story, she's related to my mom, so that's my mom's grandma, is the relation. Uh, so she had Alzheimer's, and my mom and dad came into the nursing home to visit her, and she said, oh, nurse, oh, can you get me some ice? Oh, I'm really cold. And my mom is like, uh, hey, it's me, uh, it's Rosalind, hello. And she said, oh, uh, can you get me some this and that? My dad walks into the room. Oh, hey, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Oh, great to see you. The person she is not related to. The person she's known for maybe two years at that time, for maybe two years or less, not related to this person. 
so that was just kind of that was just kind of funny. But her health uh, declined and declined and declined, and I only knew her as uh, she would she would lay in a bed and she would crack her eyes open the slightest, and she would see who's there, because you'd get up to her, "Hey, Grandma, it's me, Ryan." how are you? And she would just kind of go like this. She would see who you are, and then she would close her eyes again. And that's basically all of the movement that you would get, all of the whatever that you would get. And uh, we would go there, my sister and I, and by the way, I'm very young. I'm very, very young. We would go there, and we would sing songs. Uh, We would quote scripture to her, and one of them was Psalm 23. So we uh, we quoted Psalm 23, said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And she moved. We saw her move. We saw her uh, make a movement. So actually, my mom said, oh, be quiet. Like, she needs something. You know, she told Alicia and I to be quiet. Quiet. She needs something because she never moves. And she said, um, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. Um, (laughs) That's one of the reasons. I always think of my grandma butts, and I think, Lord, hide thy words in my heart. When things were forgotten, and when relatives were forgotten, when she forgot her her daughter, uh, granddaughter, she forgot. She knew this. She knew Psalm 23. And uh, that's a great blessing to me. Um, now, it's my Grandma Butts. Uh, by the way, Grandma Butts' daughter is Tilly Belden. So, um, some people know who that is. Uh, this is a, another psalm that you quote in times of fear. I remember being taught, my mom always taught me, uh, quote this when you're scared. Quote this when, and I don't really have a story, an example about this. And, and quote this when you're afraid. And this is for all of us, that this is a time when, when we need uh, some extra comfort, when we need some extra grace, when we need, Lord, I need you now. Something is very wrong. Psalm 23 always comes to my mind. Uh, I just feel more comforted. I feel uh, better. And I, I know, Lord, whatever you're doing, uh, you got it. You got it taken care of. I'm just going to be comforted by these words that you said. Uh, Psalm 23. Those are some things that that mean uh, well to me. Uh, finally, I was uh, uh, I was told to to quote it as a part of a funeral uh, for my grandma Tilly. Uh, I was that was my only role in the funeral, and I couldn't. Uh, I walked up onto the platform and I was just weeping. I couldn't speak. I uh, I was shaking. You know, I was I was probably like this. And, uh, and after about five seconds, my dad comes up and stands with me, and he practically, he puts his arm around me, and he practically lifts me up, because I was shaking so much, I, I was n- near to fall, uh, near to fall over, uh, just out of uh, sadness, and I was able to say that psalm with my dad at my grandma's funeral. Uh, it means a lot to me, Psalm 23. So finally... Uh, let's go through this psalm. We're just going to go line by line, uh, verse by verse, and I hope to portray to you, and I hope with 
God's Holy Spirit can put on to you this comfort, this, this great uh, reminder or comfort because, you know, Ryan, I know this psalm already. Uh, I know you do. I know you may. I know you may know it already. But it's a great comfort, a great reminder, just like a great reminder of wisdom, a great comfort and a great reminder that God, uh, we are uh, the sheep to our shepherd. All right. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord's my shepherd. Uh, now I want, I want some answers to this. How is God like a shepherd to us? Go ahead. Amen. Let's do four people. Four people. That was one. Someone else. Yes. Amen. Protects us from wolves. Yes. Yeah. Or just wandering. Or just like, there's no, really no purpose. Sorry to, I don't mean to add to it. Uh, one more. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Guides us. The Lord's my shepherd, my, uh, my caretaker. Uh, my, my, he looks after me. Just like you all have said, Isaiah 40:11 says, "He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young." Uh, he's, he's our caretaker. He protects us. And, and I know that uh, the picture of a shepherd is, is maybe difficult to us, because uh, how many of you own sheep? Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, oh, Miss Melanie. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, lying in church. Let's let's preach on that soon. <laughs> uh, Isaiah forty, eleven. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. And carry them in his bosom shall greatly lead those that are with young. Isaiah forty eleven. Uh, he's like a shepherd to us. He he takes care of us. He is uh, he's the one that we look uh, up to. And and I know that that a lot of people might look up to you, or you are the caretaker of your children. And in just like that picture, God is your caretaker. God looks after you and takes care of you. He's he is my shepherd. Uh, and I think in, in Psalm 23, it, it speaks a little bit of uh, the future, but uh, we can get concerned with our future, and we can get concerned over, uh, you know, just anything, or, or uh, I don't know what to do, or I wonder what I should do next, and things like that. Uh, God's my shepherd. God takes care of me, and uh, sometimes we can get anxious over uh, future events, or uh, things like that, and I'm just, you know, I feel comforted, like, like a, a warm blanket around me. God's my shepherd. Uh, he's, he's okay. He's got it, and I'm just kind of, I'm just going to get my hands off. God's my shepherd. Amen. Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. The ending, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. The ending uh, didn't make sense to me. What do you mean, I, I shall not want What? I shall not want what? I, what shall I not want? You know, and I, and I played this game in my mind 
And the answer to, to that is kind of when I, when, I when I flip the words, sometimes that may or may not help you, and sometimes it just might confuse you more. The Lord's my shepherd, and want I shall not. Okay, well, what, what, shall, I, what shall I not want? Well, I think the, it's anything. If the Lord's my shepherd there's nothing more I want, or there's nothing more I need. Here's some things I wrote down. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. I have all I need. The Lord's my shepherd, and what more could I want? That, I believe that is totally what it's saying. I don't need anything else because God's my shepherd, because God's my caretaker, there's nothing more I need than me and my caretaker, my God. Uh, the Lord's my shepherd, nothing more that I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He brings me to a place of comfort and nourishment and warmth. He leads me beside still waters to drink and be filled with what I need to survive. Green pastures, still waters. That is basic survival. He brings me and takes me to those places, and he nourishes me. And then uh, finally, he restores my soul. He nourishes my soul. You know, every Sunday and every Wednesday, I come to church to worship God. But something else that happens is that he nourishes my soul. I get the spiritual food from the Word of God, from the man of God, I get my spiritual hunger uh, taken care of. And just by the time when I get spiritually hungry again, it just so happens that it's Wednesday, and it's Wednesday night, and I get spiritually fed again. And uh, he nourishes me. He, he, he brings me to, to food and water and shelter. My shepherd does that for me. And what more could I want? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads my paths and my steps. He takes care of my goings. He, not only that, he gives me a path. As uh, Brother Danny said, I, if you think of sheep out in a field with no shepherd... There's, there's no path. There's nowhere to go. And you begin to lose purpose. You're, am I just supposed to stand here and eat grass and that's about it? When our shepherd gives us a path, gives us a, a, a purpose, a place to go, a, a goal to meet, if you will, uh, he, leads, uh, he restores my soul. He uh, leadeth me in paths of righteousness. Uh, he leads us down righteous paths, not dangerous ones, uh, not, not ugly ones, or not ones where, where we could be in trouble, but he, God leads you to paths of righteousness. And by the way, if you're wondering this morning, I, I wonder who is exactly leading me. Uh, I wonder if it's myself. I wonder if it's God. And I wonder if there's another power that is an, uh, an evil power that might be leading me. Uh, one indication of this is God leads us toward righteousness. That is, that is his direction of, of leading. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads my paths and he takes care of my going. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He leads my paths, and sometimes it's through dark and scary valleys. Uh, and that, those are the times when we hold on to our shepherd the most. And those are the times when if we brush up against him, like, is my shepherd still there yet? He's still there. And this is a dark, scary path. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I am starting to be a little bit more concerned about the, uh, the um, political things that are going on. I'll just say that, that they announced on uh, Thursday or Friday about um, employers with more than 100, I think you know what I'm saying, more than 100 employees, um, the, and then OSHA is in with that, and they'll fine you, and I work at a place with about 300 employees, uh, and I got to be a little bit concerned, and God is taking me through, maybe through a valley, but he's still my shepherd. He's still there, and by the way, uh, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. He's with me. He stays with me. Yeah, he leads me down dark, scary paths, and we would rather just be in the, in the sunlight and, and on the joyous mountain but I believe sometimes God might lead us down the dark, scary path because he said, hey, I'm your shepherd. Don't you forget that. I'm your caretaker. And, uh, and those are the times when we need our shepherd the most, when we call on him and we need him the most. Uh, he, he might lead us down scary paths, but he's with me through it all. There's a song that, that says, sometimes it takes a mountain to get a hold of me. Sometimes it's only through those dark and scary paths where God might really get a hold of me and say, yeah, I, I do need you. I do need your care. I do need to know that you are still my shepherd and you're still there. And this just makes me feel comfortable. More and more in Psalm 23, I'm like, God, thank you. I feel such a great comfort through this psalm. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, he will feel no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I know I'm not alone by thy rod and thy staff. And I see this as, as Bible and prayer. If I could uh, insert those things. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What are some things that God gives us to comfort us? Uh, we have his word, and we have prayer. You know, at any time... Uh, I can contact God, and I don't have anything, anybody like that in, in my entire life. Uh, and uh, sometimes Abby doesn't answer the phone. Sometimes my mom doesn't. Uh, God always answers the phone. God always answers uh, your prayer, and this is yet another comfort that he said, you might be through this deep, dark valley. I'm with you in it. I'll never leave you. I'm with you in it. I'll never leave you. I have prayer for you, and I have the Bible for you to comfort you, give you a great comfort. There's many verses in our Bible that gives us comfort. Uh, does anybody have, anybody have one? A verse uh, in times of trouble or in times of need that gives you comfort. Yes. Amen. Uh, anyone else? Scary, dark times. If it were me, I would have said Psalm 23. <laughs> yes. 
Amen. Amen. I agree. Amen. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Bible and prayer. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, we, have a, we have a promise Goodness and mercy will be with us and follow us for the days of our lives, and uh, we will dwell in God's house forever with him. Uh, finally, I will be able to be with my shepherd, uh, the, the one who takes care of me and, and holds me. I'll be able to be with him in heaven. And I have some friends and uh, family members that I'm awaiting in heaven, and I want to see them again. I'm happy to be with my shepherd. I know I'm going there. I, I know this for a fact. It's not a hope. Uh, it's not a, I think so. Uh, I know this. I know for a fact. I know this. Uh, I'm going to heaven that when I die. I know this because I called on uh, Jesus Christ to be my Savior. I was a young boy of four years old. I said, God, I cannot uh, do this. I cannot. Uh, there's nothing I can do to make myself good enough for you, for you, for heaven. And God made a way through Jesus Christ on the cross. For God so loved the world, he gave his son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's another, another verse of comfort. Um, so, I want to finish with that. I know for sure, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, I will, I have a promise, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, that's a great comfort to me, and uh, this has been Psalm 23, just a, a close verse to my heart. Uh, Pastor, do you want to give some words? All right. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing the testimony. I love that about, uh, about his grandmother, don't you? Uh, just remembering those wonderful words and uh, I thought we got a few minutes left, and so I just thought I would uh, maybe keep the floor, uh, keep on the floor here just for a moment on Psalm uh, 23. Um, one of the things I love about Psalm 23 is it's something that we try to really emphasize a lot around here, and that is the, the, the personal nature of God's, our relationship with God. I believe it was Spurgeon that called, the, uh, called Psalm 23 the He-Me Psalm. The he, me, because if you go through it in this short little psalm, it is the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me, he restoreth my soul, he leadeth me. And on and on, uh, so many of the words that are in this psalm are either he and me. And isn't, isn't that a great description of the Christian life and what it ought to be? Uh, it's he and me, it's the Lord and me. And I'm glad that the relationship that God wants to have with us isn't some distant, you know, God out there in the universe somewhere that we're trying to somehow please or appease, but the Lord's walking with me. He's leading me. I love uh, the personal nature of Psalm 23, 
And another thing I love as well, uh, you know, and Ryan, you know, basically alluded to it the entire time, but uh, I don't know about for you, but how many of you, maybe before you were a Christian, or maybe even after you as a Christian, but how many of you, if you think of Psalm 23, there was one thing that came to my mind, I'll put it this way, there was one th- thing that came to mind when I would read Psalm 23, as a person, for whatever reason, it doesn't have to be a person that didn't grow up in church, but I didn't grow up in church. And so when I heard Psalm 23, anybody want to guess the one thing or one event that came to my mind? Death. Death. Uh, it's like, you know, oh, I'm dying. Oh, well, get Psalm 23. Uh, you know, we're at a funeral. We'll get Psalm 23. And listen, nothing wrong. I still, uh, you know, read Psalm 23 at a lot of funerals. But uh, Psalm 23 can it be applied to death. Obviously, it says, well, it says we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But here's the good news. We're going through the valley. We're not dying there. Amen. He is leading us all the way through the valley. So we've got that promise of the Lord. And then, uh, then maybe one last thought I'd share with you this morning that I, is, a, is a very, very cool thought. And that is if we... If we broaden out just a little bit, if we, if we take a step back from Psalm 23, and if we could include Psalm 22 and Psalm 24, okay? So just one last little uh, thought here. And in Psalm 22, go over there with me and look at verse number 1 and see if these words sound familiar to you. Psalm 22 and verse number 1. I'll have somebody read those when they get there. Psalm 22, verse 1. Does that sound familiar? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because we know that those are the words that Jesus cried out on the cross. And there's some that actually believe that Jesus quoted the entire psalm on the cross. Uh, The Bible doesn't say that, uh, but it doesn't say that he didn't either because it records seven different things that Jesus said, but that doesn't mean it recorded everything that Jesus said while on the cross. Uh, But some believe that he he quoted the entire psalm. The point being that this psalm, if you read down through it, you'll see that, yes, it's the psalmist writing it, but there's also a prophetic nature to the psalm. And he... uh, Look, look, look with me, if you will, in verse number 14 of Psalm 22. The Bible says, I poured out, uh, I poured out, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. Uh, look at verse 25. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? I thirst, I thirst. Uh, look at verse 18. They part my garments among them and cast lots for my vesture. Uh, you just go right down through here and you'll see one passage, one reference after the other. I believe this is also the same psalm. Uh, could, could, be, could stand corrected here, but I'm pretty sure it's even the, the psalm where it mentions where he says, I, I may tell all of my bones for they look and stare upon me. Now, Jesus In John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Now, what distinction did Jesus make about being the good shepherd? I'm the good shepherd, and what does the good shepherd do? Versus what a hireling would do. A good shepherd does what? Gives his life for the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. The good shepherd gives his life 
for the sheep. And so Psalm 22 is a picture of the good shepherd, the one that gives his life for the sheep. And by the way, since he's the one that gives his life for the sheep, that's why also in John 10, he said, I am the door. I am the door. And, uh, and I always get this vivid picture in my mind of how they would often do in the east. And there's, some, there's still places in the world today to where they have a sheepfold that would just be a, a small, uh, just almost a, a fence that would just be, uh, or a hedge built by stones or something to that effect. Uh, and that doesn't have a door with hinges. It's just a, a place with just big enough for the sheep not to be able to get out and then an opening in the front for the sheep to be able to come in and out. And, uh, but I read years ago about a man that was visiting, and this was actually up in Scotland somewhere. It hadn't been that many years ago. And he was looking, and he was looking at that sheepfold. And as he was looking at it, he asked the shepherd, he says, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I kind of see the, the deal here. He said, but where's the door? And that shepherd said to him, I'm the door. I'm the door. Because he would bring those sheep in, and once he had the sheep in, he would camp right in front of that door or in front of that hole. So in other words, in order to get in and out of there, you had to come through the shepherd. And if we're going to be saved, Jesus is the door. But so Jesus is the good shepherd. He gives his life for the sheep. But did you know also in the New Testament, the Bible says that Jesus is the great shepherd? The great shepherd? The great shepherd is the one who rose again. So the great shepherd rises again. And so in Psalm 22, we see the good shepherd, he rises again, and he's the one who leads and guides his children. In Psalm 23, we see the great shepherd. But then there's another reference to Jesus in the Bible. Does anybody know the other uh, shepherd reference to Jesus? The Bible says he's the good shepherd, he's the great shepherd, and then finally he is the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd. And I believe you'll find this in 1 Peter 5. The Bible says when the chief shepherd shall appear. Because the chief shepherd is the one who is returning. The chief shepherd, and we, we read about the chief shepherd in, uh, verse, uh, in Psalm 24. The Bible says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Uh, go, go all the way down here into verse number 7, if you will. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts is the King of glory, Selah. So what we have here is the return of the Lord. You remember in Isaiah, I love Christmas time now. Uh, we were flipping through the radio stations, though, going up to Sioux Falls, Melanie and I, uh, the other day, and just going through the radio stations, and uh, it was turned down low to where I, I can't hear as good as Melanie, and uh, she kind of, she had her hands on the dial and just kind of looked at me with a funny face, and I'm like, what? Then she turned it up a little bit, and it was, uh, I can't remember what Christmas song it was, but it was a Christmas song, and I'm like, wait a second, I love Christmas, but I, I like waiting on thing day after Thanksgiving is when I'm ready to go, Okay. Maybe even Thanksgiving night. 
And even last night, Natalie's like, Dad, can we watch a Christmas movie? And I'm like, not yet. I said, you can watch one, but you are not watching a Christmas. I'm not watching a Christmas movie with you until after Thanksgiving, okay? Uh, and you can do what you want to do, honestly. Uh, in, in the COVID year, it blew my mind. Uh, my, my wife actually let uh, the girls put up a Christmas tree like in October, I think, during the COVID year, just because it was a different year. But that's not the norm. Uh, but I look forward to Christmas. And one of my favorite passages at Christmas time and beyond is when the Bible says, that uh, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Uh, and the Bible says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be the king and, and so forth. So Jesus is coming again as the chief shepherd. He is the mighty king of glory. The, the earth is his in the fullness thereof. He is the Lord mighty unto battle. He will uh, conquer during the battle of Armageddon. And he will be uh, sit upon the, the earth, and he will be the king of glory. So in these three psalms, we see three different pictures of Jesus. We see him as the good shepherd, we see him as the great shepherd, and we see him as the chief shepherd. But here's kind of a cool thing when you think about Psalm 23. It's the valley. Because in Psalm 22, you've got the hill called Calvary. You've got Golgotha. In Psalm 24, you've got Mount Zion. You've got the Lord coming and setting up and setting on the throne of David. But in between his death and resurrection and in between him returning again, there is a valley, and that's the valley that we call life. That we call life. But I'm telling you, no matter what may happen during the course of this life and in the valley that we walk through, Jesus is indeed the great shepherd he's the good shepherd he gave his life for us he's the great shepherd that leads and guides and protects his sheep and then he's the chief shepherd hallelujah he's coming again amen so those are just some additional thoughts that i enjoy about uh the 23rd psalm and the lord being my shepherd all right is there any uh closing uh thoughts here before we dismiss this morning yes doria Amen. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's great. It's amazing how much God's word can, uh, uh, it makes a difference. Amen. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just theoretical. I mean, it's very practical. God's word seriously works with the spirit of God and really does offer comfort. Um, I guess one thing, last thing I'll say in this, Psalm 23, for whatever reason, it brings to my mind uh, something that's, it's not a biblical passage, but I believe it's a biblical principle that comforts me. And it's when I think about 
the old uh, foot, Footprints in the Sand poem. Anybody like that? And I don't know it's been around forever and stuff, but man, I love that idea because one of the pictures of a shepherd and his sheep is that a uh, shepherd will carry his sheep. Uh, matter of fact, sometimes he's got a rod and a staff. Sometimes if he has a sheep that runs off a lot, he might have to break that sheep's leg. But then he'll mend its leg and then carry that sheep around. He don't kill it, amen, and eat it. He, he, but he, he, he does it because he's, he's doing it for that sheep's own good. And then he'll, but he'll carry that sheep. Uh, he'll carry it on his shoulders, amen. And I'm glad that he carries us on his shoulders, all right? Well, we'll be dismissed. Thank you so much. And, uh, man, we've had a fun little Sunday school, didn't we? Started at Danny, Ryan, and uh, then I got to uh, end it out here this morning. Kind of fun. Listen, uh, uh, man, thanks for inviting your friends. Make sure your friends uh, get a gift bag and, um, you know, make them welcome. And for our, uh, for any of our other guests, make sure they feel welcome this morning. Uh, for the for our greeting team, um, yeah, just make sure there again, uh, make folks welcome, make sure people know uh, where stuff is at um, as far as uh, restrooms and things for the kids and whatnot, and uh, I think that'll be it. You are dismissed.